0: Welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Dan Fleischman. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Dan-a-man. Thanks for coming I'm in, man. I'm
1: excited for this one. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Yeah, That's we go. <laughs> Let's go. Do we
0: even need an intro? Uh,
2: I don't
1: think so. I mean, they, they they should know who you are, right? I think people know me for different things. Yeah, Dan and man. You know, like I some know. people know me for sports cards or acai bowls or masterminds or events or speaking or books. Like or
2: who's your daddy? En- energy
1: drinks, like yeah. <laughs> poker. They know me for different things. <laughs> so I don't know that. You know, and some people don't know me at all. Obviously, right, yeah. I don't have an ego to it. There's plenty billions of people who have no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just interesting different categories of how they know me, yeah. uh, the people that do.
0: You wear a lot of hats. Yeah.
1: yeah. Life is short. And, yeah. I, I, you know, we're going to die pretty quickly.
2: <laughs> how do you want to be known? Like, what, what do you want to be known for ultimately?
1: Mm. My charity. Yeah, yeah we, we broke the record for the world's largest toy drive last year. Damn. Um, we're going to break the Guinness Book World Records again this what year. What was the
2: record? What was the original record? We
1: had to do 160,000 toys. We took over SoFi Stadium and, like, filled the whole field up with toys. Crazy. Um, but uh, the record that we broke for Guinness was the most toys in one hour. It was, like, I think we did 8,000. Wow. 8,000 toys. Which was, you, gave, you gave away 8,000 Yeah, Roger 000. filmed it. It was a nuts. That's it, was, insane. it was the craziest hour of my life watching them, like, process. And, <laughs> anyways. Um, so people had to come in and get the toys quick. So we had to take it off the pallets, mm-hmm. rip off the plastic, manually count each one in front of a guinness book world record Mm -hmm. official authority wow and now we know how to get how to break it again but we want to break different records for this year because it's our 10 year anniversary of the toy drive but i think the main thing i want people to remember me for is charity because i want people to replicate my charity not donate to my charities Mm -hmm. i want them to do their own toy drives Mm. do your own thanksgiving food drive you give out backpacks to the homeless you don't need my backpacks you give out backpacks to the homeless So, I want people to replicate my charities in different versions that they like. Mm.
0: Why are you so big on charity? You donate millions to charity. What makes you so passionate?
1: (sighs) It's so solvable. Mm. Like, if you really think about the three things that humans need is food, water, and shelter. Mm -hmm. There are gazillion dollar companies that can help fix food, Mm -hmm. right? Think about Mm -hmm. how many food companies could fix food. There is infinite capital that could fix water. Water is really fixable. It's really solvable. And shelter, that's like the easiest thing if you really think about curing homelessness. Mm -hmm. And so... I feel like my job on earth is to show people how to fix these things, how to donate Mm -hmm. to these things because it's so solvable Mm. and it frustrates me Mm -hmm. because there's so much bureaucratic red tape and so many hard things to get through from the government that we could solve it as private citizens. And so that's why I'm always preaching about how to do charity, how to do it efficiently, how to do it easily, how you don't need a bunch of money to do Mm -hmm. it. You just got to like, use your social media power and use their cell phone, and you can do charity too. Wow.
2: Do you think they're paying attention to what you're doing so that they can replicate it or even shine light on it? Because really, I found out about your charity by just, you know, paying attention to you. And, you know, most people kind of, you know, want to turn a blind side when it comes to giving, giving back.
1: Yep. That's why I talk about the ways to give to charities without mm. using money. Mm. So I think that's what holds a lot of people back is either greed or or nervousness, or thinking oh, I don't have enough money to donate to charity, or mm-hmm. my hundred bucks, or a thousand bucks, or two grand, or five grand is not going to do enough. Right. I walk people through showing them how you don't need any money at all. You could do a toy drive, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Mexico, anywhere you are in the world, with your cell phone. Just getting people together, meeting at a building, telling them to date when to meet there, asking people to donate toys or food or homeless supplies or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't need capital. You just need a cell phone and to rally the people together. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to remove that fear that people have of like. Mm-hmm. I don't do charity or I don't want to donate to that because I don't like this or I don't like that or I don't mm. have the money. I remove all those fears by showing mm. them you don't need money to do charity. You need energy, time, and passion.
0: Right. Gotcha. You're also big on animals. You started an animal sanctuary. Yeah. Can you tell everyone what animals you have and why you started it?
1: So we have 26 acres. It's in Temecula, right above San Diego. Mm. Um, we have, there's a guy named the real Tarzan. You mm-hmm. have- yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know, yeah, yeah. So I convinced him to move there. Oh, he lives there. He lives there full-time. He lives 30 yards from my house. He's right there. Oh, (laughs) I always thought he lived in Miami. He He did live in Miami. I convinced him to move there, (laughs) and I said, hey, I'm building this 26-acre place. Half the place, so basically like 9 to 12 acres will be yours for an animal sanctuary. And you can build what's called the wild jungle, W-Y-L-D. So you you go to Instagram, look at wild jungle, and you'll see Tarzan there, ostriches, camels, zebras, Mm. everything in between. We have over 85 animals that we've either Mm. rescued— or helped acquire to to protect. And we keep getting more and more animals each week. And we're building Wild Jungle to be like a full fledged brand where we can then donate millions of dollars to Mm -hmm. animal preservation and rescues. And so it started first, my wife really likes animals. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have a a ranch that had animals. Mm -hmm. Then when I realized the ranch that we were getting had a lot of like topography, like space, like mountains and cool areas, whatever. Mm -hmm. And was zoned to allow to have animals. That's when I was like, well, I know Tarzan for six or seven years what if I can convince him to move there and then yeah. I can take it to a whole nother level and yeah. now you guys can see it on social media. It's like, it's wild.
2: Wow, that's sick. I never knew that. that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was, I swear I thought Tarzan stayed 12, in Miami. 1230
1: a.m. last night, yeah. we were outside. My wife's out there. Mm-hmm. We all had to get out of bed because one of the goats had a baby and so I got Tarzan, you know, like <laughs> waking up, giving birth, so freaking helping a goat give birth, cleaning it off. It's, mm-hmm. it's messy. I don't mm-hmm. want to describe it, you know, and then, six in the morning he's making content getting like 50 million views on a video Mm -hmm. going to clean up poop going to fly (laughs) to india tonight to go Mm. make content like india yeah he's literally flying to india to go make content with king cobras and anyways like he's the perfect brand for for like my world and so i'm really excited to have him living with us Mm. and making this content because he's helping animals we're making all this content together Mm. what's
2: the most dangerous animal you you have there Mm. Human. That you're even scared of, like, nah, I'm
1: not touching <laughs> The The only animal I'm scared of is humans.
0: Whoa. That's a quote right there. Yeah. Wow.
1: I learned that one from Tarzan. Wow. Because it's the only animal on this planet that you don't know their intentions. Mm. I know what a snake wants to do. I know what a tiger wants to do. I know what a bear wants to do when it sees me. Mm. I don't know what humans want to do.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow. What's That's... your favorite animal on the ranch?
1: There's a camel named Habibi. Ooh. <laughs> Habibi was the very, first camel, mm. the very first animal that we got. And, like, when I see him and he sees me, we're just like, ah. You
2: know? <laughs> oh, oh, so he, he
1: knows exactly who you are. Yeah, well, I'm going to bring him carrots. So he, oh, that's okay, why he gets excited. Yeah. Okay. And then we got him a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Naomi Camel. <laughs> this is my favorite name. It's <laughs> right, my favorite name on the right. property. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my favorite animal.
0: You're also the networking king. You started the most expensive mastermind in the world, yeah. 100,000 a year to join. Mm-hmm. How did you get such a big network?
1: So I was throwing free events for years, and I still mm-hmm. throw them, uh, called Elevator Night. I've thrown it 51 times for free, Mm -hmm. no tickets, no sponsors, no sales on stage, just free. And it was my excuse to get a lot of people together. And then I could invite really good name speakers. Mm -hmm. That's a free event. I'd still get Russell Simmons, Mm -hmm. Jake Paul, all these guys that Mm -hmm. normally get paid a lot of money to speak were coming to speak for free because they knew I was getting 300 to a thousand entrepreneurs for free. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of your networking events, Mm -hmm. same concept. And so I did that for years. And then I started speaking at a bunch of people's masterminds and it felt like people were paying 25 grand, 30 grand, 35 grand to be at like the Radisson ballroom. There was no experience to it. Right. And I felt like I was like in groundhog day, just going through the same thing over right, and over right, right. and over. And there was very few masterminds that had like experience to mm. it. So I came up with 100 million mastermind experience. 2019, I had not thrown a mastermind before. I just spoke at masterminds. Mm-hmm. And I just showed people, like Sean, you were one of the first people to join. I'm going to make the most experiential mastermind ever. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive, it's $100,000 per person, but I'm not doing it for profit. I'm gonna go spend millions of dollars per event. Mm. So I would spend one to two million dollars per weekend to throw these masterminds. Mm. The first event you came to, I spent 3.2 million dollars in oh, I three days.
0: It. How was that? Dude, the people he had, I believe it. It was amazing. It changed my life.
1: I, I rented Dan Bilzerian's mansion. Mm. Here in Vegas? The LA one. Oh, the LA one. The crazy, looks like a compound, it's not even a house. Yeah. I don't know, probably a mansion. It's <laughs> yeah, freaking, yeah. it looks like a palace. Uh, we rented an $80 million house on Sunset. We rented out the Porsche Experience. We had Mark Wahlberg as our first speaker. Mm. Bruce Buffer introducing everybody. Yeah, wow. Uh, we had Chris Jenner, Magic Johnson, Dennis Rodman, Tyga performed. Uh, and all Nick, those Nick people Cannon, Nick Cannon DJed. Yeah, yeah. Um, matt barnes matt barnes was t- training we had freaking what's his name was chris po- rock there not chris rock the other uh, another comedian uh, chris, chris, Tuck. Tuck, chris, Tucker. chris Tucker. he was hosting the poker tournament yeah i mean like there were just so many you know yeah that so is many. an
2: experience for sure especially having been around that bro it opened my eyes yeah, like crazy. for real
1: and so that was our opening weekend mm-hmm. and then from there i'm like okay well i can't go backwards right yeah. <laughs> yeah, No, you got you gotta go up you yeah. gotta go up yeah and so we've been doing that up. since 2019 mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be doing that mastermind. I'll yeah. be 70 or 80 years old, if I'm in a wheelchair, I'll still be throwing that yeah. mastermind. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with networking and that yeah. experience.
2: What is your goal of the mastermind? What, what, are you, what are you trying to accomplish with people? Like,
1: So there's three parts to it. Mm. One part is networking. So mm. I want to bring in 100 entrepreneurs that are right. all doing between five and 50 million bucks in sales. Nice. So the networking part is the business part. Mm. Saturday nights, I do a charity event every right. time. So I can raise six figures or more for charity every single time mm-hmm. I throw a mastermind event. That starts to add up when it's been four years now and growing, right. six mm-hmm. figures, six figures, six figures, you know, dozens of times. Right. And then the Sunday's the experience part. I'll rent out a stadium. There's only hundred of us. I rented out Diamondback Stadium, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Mm-hmm. I rent out stadiums and arenas for hundred people. The other part for me selfishly is I get to interview my heroes. Mm-hmm. I'm interviewing Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Like, the people I grew up with, we all grew up with watching. Right. I now have a bankroll or budget to work with to go book my favorite people in history. And sit down with them. Come here. it out with them. Hulk yeah. Hogan, come sit next to me, Hulk. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah. and so that part is super fun for me. And so that's why I overspend. Mm-hmm. I could throw the same mastermind for two or three hundred grand a weekend mm-hmm. and still knock people's socks off. It would still be awesome. Right. But if I spend one or two million dollars a weekend and make it ridiculous, mm-hmm. I can bring a. l le- I'll build a legacy brand. People will go to these. People will forever. be willing to show up too because yeah. they know it's gonna be an experience. Yeah.
0: It's unlike like anything think, else I've seen. Yeah. You also started a business podcast. Yeah. It's already number one in three months. How oh, did you pull that this, off?
1: That was in three months? Yeah. Yeah, so we just launched wow. it. This Today was episode 18. Um, wow. <laughs> so we've been number one for 29 days in a row. Number one entrepreneur mm-hmm. podcast for mm-hmm. 29 days in a row. Number three in the whole business category mm-hmm. for 29 days in a row. Nice. It's really hard to stay in that because I'm up against 800-pound gorillas, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. As yeah. you guys know, there's yeah, a yeah. lot. Of oh, yeah, absolutely. Top, We're top 20. We're hanging Yeah, in there. yeah. We're <laughs> top, What? 20, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 29. Yeah. Top 20 is huge, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You can think about it. There's almost 5 million podcasts. Mm. There's really only like a million that are active, a mm. couple hundred thousand that are like really yeah, active, yeah. and then like 5 to 10,000 that are like consistently every week. Mm-hmm. So to be in the top 20 or 30 is nuts. I'll like, right. just be really clear. Thank you. I mean, you guys have a lot of viral clips, and that's why I want to be so blunt today. Right, uh, right, You guys have the most viral clips I've seen in podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I created the Money Mondays podcast because we grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money. Mm-hmm. I think Taboo. It's, I absolutely. think it's rude to not talk about money. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that's the reason that we have financial illiteracy. I think that's the reason people are in credit card debt. Mm-hmm. I think it's the reason that people have so many fights. Over half of marriages end up over financially financial yeah. mm. because people don't know how to have open discussions but a lot of times an arguments happen between friends over like 200 at a restaurant or mm. 500 bucks at a nightclub and they didn't like talk about who was going to split it mm-hmm. or, well let's all get bottles and like i was going to pay for it and mm. you're like wait should i pay for it should i pay for it yeah. do i owe him now like mm. that could have been settled with a very simple discussion or a text beforehand like hey guys i'll put up three grand you guys put up 500 bucks each and blah, blah, you know like for sure if i didn't say that and i expected 500 bucks each you guys could get mad at me or vice mm. versa And so the whole concept of the podcast is to have very blunt discussions about money. And I ask people during the podcast to spread the word about having these blunt discussions with your friends, family, and followers. We need people to talk about money, about loans, rent, salary, leases, taxes, FICO score. What the hell is FICO? Like Mm -hmm. talk through these things. And that's why I think the podcast Mm -hmm. is doing so well. We're having very blunt discussions with boxers, athletes, business moguls. From a Dan Balzerian to a cannabis guy and everybody in between, you're going to learn from people. Today is all about real estate, for example. Like You're going to learn from people that just have really blunt discussion about money.
0: Right. Mm. Do you think a lot of pro athletes go broke because they're not open about discussing money?
1: So it's a really scary stat. Over 80% of NFL players and NBA players go bankrupt, not just broke, bankrupt, bankrupt. within five years of leaving the league. Wow. Now, think about that. Crazy. I'm like, around them, so I, I, I see how it happens. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. And it's unnecessary yeah i understand buying one or two cool cars buying one cool watch mm. buying something i'm not saying don't buy a watch yeah, buy have a house, one, et cetera. but have a balance but bro you don't need six cars <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't need yeah. a 19 person entourage
2: yeah you don't need your cousin's
1: a- friend sister's friend doesn't need to get eight grand mm. a month to work with you and fly around with you and like yeah. pick up your clothes He mm. just doesn't mm. and so it's sad and frustrating to see mm. guys we all look up to making 12 million dollars mm. and 30 million dollars and then mm. They got to borrow 10 grand from us a few years later. Yeah. That's scary. It's sad because yeah. they're not going to have another bite at the apple. Like That NFL player is probably not going to go make a million dollar a year anywhere else ever nah. again. So when they go blow through six million in the league, what are they going to do?
2: I had one guy, I won't say his name, but he uh, he wanted he went to borrow 10, 10 grand in exchange for his championship ring. He was already out of the league. That's crazy. But yeah, he, that was, he was putting that up for collateral. Wow.
1: Think about that. That's for two decades, That player was from eight years old to like Mm -hmm. twenty something years old. They were fighting through high school, middle school, get into college, being the tiniest percentage to get into the league, going to get a championship in whatever sport they got. (laughs) Think (laughs) about that. How rare that is. And now they got to borrow ten grand.
2: Yeah. You know how sad that is. Yeah, I mean, but it like you said, it goes back to. You know, um, not having that financial literacy and not being taught what to do with your money, not yep. planting the right seeds, yep. um, not having a balance when it comes to your spending, I mean, having a million dollars in jewelry on. Mm-hmm. And for what? You right. know? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think it's good to have fun and, you know, do things in moderation, but it's moderation. It's but there's a big difference between
1: around. the first watch and the fourth watch. Right. You, become, you become numb to it. Yeah. When you get your third Lamborghini, it's mm-hmm. you're gonna become numb to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Like and then you, when you go to nineteen nightclubs in a row, it's, it feels the you're same. Numb. You're gonna be numb to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't preach about like, hey, don't buy don't buy your Starbucks coffee. Get your Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't buy a Rolex. Go go ahead, buy your Rolex, buy a Patek boy, go buy that one thing. But I promise you, the fourth car is not gonna change anything. You won't mm-hmm. even feel it. Wow. Buying the fourth watch, you will not even feel it. You mm-hmm. won't care at all. Mm-hmm. Not even one iota. Not even the next morning.
0: I mean, you're right. I have five, and I only cared about the first one, to be honest. I don't even wear the other you four. You don't even wear them, yeah. You wear them every now and then. I yeah. don't even wear the one, yeah. yeah. Like barely. You're not even wearing
1: a watch right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I've had the same watch since 2008. Yeah. Because I wanted to buy a, to buy a watch company. I want to invest in a watch company. Mm-hmm. I don't want to buy more watches. Yeah. I've had the same watch from Jason to Beverly Hills. We always joke about it. For 15 years, I've had mm-hmm. the same watch. Yeah. I didn't have a car for the last seven years. I Ubered everywhere for seven years. Mm. Think about that. So I wanna invest in car companies. So what's your advice then? Like what do you spend money on? Mm. Charity. Experiences and charity. Experiences (laughs) and charity. Mostly experiences. The charity part to me, remember, Mm -hmm. I donate a couple million a year to charity, but I'm raised a lot more. So Mm -hmm. it's not like Dan's like handing out $10 million. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm just making Mm -hmm. it rain to every charity. Mm -hmm. I'm specific about the main charities that I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. I donate to some of my fringe charities, like mm-hmm. Steve Aoki's charity, things like that. Like people that mm-hmm. I love and respect, I donate to their charities because I know that the money is going to be used wisely. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I'm helping raise money for other people's charities. But the experience is what I spend money on. Mm-hmm. Experience is what I care about because those are the things that, like, we are going to reflect on. Because, like, again, life is really short. Right. We're going to reflect on those moments. Mm-hmm. So I want to go to these rare countries. I want to go to these rare events. I want to go to these experiences. Like, because those are things that we're going to remember and those are things we're going to remember with our friends and family.
2: Right. What, what are, what are some things that you actually struggle with? Like, what do you, what do you battle with internally, whether it's an insecurity or some things that you have to continuously overcome or prep yourself and Mm. talk to yourself?
1: So the main thing is execution. Execution. I, I've taken on a lot of different projects Mm -hmm. and it's a constant juggle of which one do I work on at what time of the day? And if something is slacking, I'm I overdo it. And if I overcompensate for the one that's Mm -hmm. slacking, then what happens to the one over here? And so I'm in a constant battle with myself of I threw the world's largest toy drive. I'm going to do it bigger next time. Mm -hmm. Well, if I do that, it means I'm going to spend a ton of hours and months preparing for that, which will take away from acai bowl restaurants or sports cards Mm -hmm. or masterminds or social media agency. Like I have a lot of things going on. And so. I've been really fighting with like, don't do anything new, just scale mm-hmm. the things that I have. And so it's a constant struggle. I every morning. And sometimes I wake up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. Lately I've been waking up at 4 a.m. because mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to mm-hmm. do this, I got to do this. Wow. And I don't need to do any of it, but <laughs> man, I need to do all of it. Right, right. I need to. Yeah, yeah. Like I, You couldn't pay me $10 billion. This is an actual fact. You could lie detector test. You could not pay me $10 billion to stop everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're not doing it for money
1: i couldn't care less about the money he's addicted i am addicted i'm physically addicted hello my name is dan placement i'm addicted to <laughs> working <laughs> like i'm addicted to it and i'm okay with that and i i've accepted it my luckily my wife has accepted it she lets me be me mm. lets me be a crazy freaking bastard working on all these different mm. things and supports me in it
2: but like i'm addicted so when do you do mental health checks like what do you do to like have that balance, like when you know things aren't going your way, or you're frustrated, like because mental health is big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Do you work out? Like, I mean, what, what's what's your thing?
1: So my only and true escape is poker. That's the only time. Wow, and that's game.
2: a stressful game. So <laughs> you still work. But I enjoy it.
1: <laughs> I enjoy the good and the bad of poker, and I mm-hmm. also, what's interesting is, I enjoy the good and the bad of mm-hmm. business. Mm. I know people are going to screw me over. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to have lawsuits. Right. I know employees are going to leave me. I know people are going to compete with me. Mm-hmm. I know people are going to talk shit about me. People are going to mm. lie about me. People are gonna, I'm going to have all these situations. The reason I don't feel like I have the mental health problems that come up a lot mm-hmm. is I'm aware of it in advance and I expect it.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Let me give you a quick example. If you're dating a girl for three years right? and every single week you guys go to dinner at 8 o'clock and every single week she shows up at 8.40 because – She's late. At some point it's your fault to get mad at her at 8.40. You know she's gonna be late mm-hmm. because she did it over and over and over. Mm. I expect her to be late, so I make the reservation for nine o'clock and I tell her it's eight o'clock and she's gonna show up at 8.40. going to get there at nine, everybody's gonna be okay. I do that in every aspect of my life. I know people are gonna screw up. I know things aren't gonna happen on time. I know this person's gonna fail. Mm. I know this person's gonna, I know things are bad are gonna happen because I've been through mm. so many people dying, screw me over, et cetera, over the years. That I don't say I'm numb to it, but I'm expecting those things to happen. Mm. And so what happens is for a lot of people is they go through bad mental health situations mm. because they don't think that the bad things are going to happen. Or when the bad things happen, they overreact to them and think it's their fault. It is not your fault that that girl shows up at 8:40 each time. Mm-hmm. It's not that's part of who she is, it's part of how she grows up, mm. takes her a long time to get ready and there's nothing wrong with By the way, when I say a girl, it could be the guy, it could be yeah, yeah, yeah. a kid, it could be a parent. It's, Just an, it's, example, it's yeah. an, uh, an example of like, if you know someone's doing something over and over and over, you're gonna get mad at them. It's actually within yourself. Mm. You really have to look at those things in the situations and I think that's why from a mental health perspective, I'm calm in the chaos. Mm-hmm. Because I'm expecting, when I play poker, I've got pocket aces, Sean's got pocket kings and a king comes out, and we're playing for $100,000, and he hits the king, I don't get upset, my heart rate doesn't change, because sometimes that's supposed to happen. It doesn't change the fact that I should play aces. What am I supposed to do, fold? No, I came there <laughs> to play pocket aces. Sometimes Sean's gonna have kings, sometimes he's gonna hit a king. Sometimes Sean's gonna have aces, I'm gonna have kings, and I don't hit a king, mm-hmm. and Sean's gonna win again. And in one night, he might beat me for all hundreds of thousand dollars. I am perfectly calm throughout the whole process, mm-hmm. because as long as I know that what I'm doing is right, and I'm studying what I'm doing, I don't get upset with the result. Mm. only thing I can do in my life is to be prepared for the situation. And if he gets lucky or I get lucky or this happens or the whole building falls down, like th- something happens, I stay calm in the chaos.
2: Wow. wow. I've never met anybody who played poker when they're stressed out. That's <laughs> fire. Yeah, that's a first. <laughs> yeah, that is a first. But I, I I, get it. What's the biggest poker I, hand I, you've played I in? It. I get it.
1: Um, so I've been playing Recently, a lot of hands that are over a million dollars. Holy crap! <laughs> no never,
2: heart rate change. No, I've never said that. No sweaty hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I've never talked about this at all. By the way, no sweaty wow. hands. No like Not n- n- nothing. N-
1: no, I've had some Jeez. hands against some household name celebrities, some big business guys, some people that very interesting characters. Where we're playing, and the hand is for one point four million dollars. So we're in for seven hundred thousand dollars each. <laughs> mm.
0: That's a house that's crazy
1: and then 20 minutes later the same thing happens versus another player at the table oh for another
2: 1.2 million dollar like so you've lost those hands some some, for, some sure, hands.
1: for sure
0: and it doesn't affect you at all
1: not even a little bit Not even for a second. Wow. my so. job is to study as much as I can be in the right situation. If I made a mistake, oof, then I'm going to analyze it okay. over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I won't be mad at the table.
2: But you, When you get home, you're going to
1: go over. I still can think about it. Right when you're talking to me, I'm actually seeing hands right now. <laughs> I remember situations <laughs> right this time. You second. have photographic memory. Very visual. Mm-hmm. Only of the hands that I lost. Mm. I can tell you with extreme detail the hands that I lost. Wow. Not the hands that I won. Right now, I literally, as I'm looking at both of you guys, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing hands of, like, I had aces. They had queens. They mm-hmm. hit a queen for... Eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I can see it right the second. The hands that I won, I can't see. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you focus on the L's. Yes. Because I didn't... can't. I can't improve the wins. Mm-hmm. No, right? not at all. I did what I was supposed to do. I got. I. I either got lucky or didn't get. Lu- or didn't get unlucky. Whatever the situation was. But the ones that I lost, mm-hmm. if I played something wrong or I, I. didn't do this right or I didn't read Sean like I could have known Sean had ace like. Yeah. If I would have done something wrong, I'd not upset the table. But man. That I drive home that night and next day, <laughs> I'm, I'm analyzing everything about it. For real? Yeah. yeah.
0: That's How good is the networking in poker?
1: Uh, that's actually where I've met some of the biggest people in my life. Yeah. Because you get to sit with household name athletes. There's a lot of household name NBA players that play poker. Mm-hmm. Household name celebrities and actors, like the biggest of the biggest. Yeah. And so these are moments where, where else am I going to get to sit with that person for 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours? And there's only eight other people at the table, right? Mm-hmm. And most of them are like quiet because they're poker guys or business guys. Like, mm-hmm. so if I can speak and talk, I can to network with household name NBA player, household name celebrity, mm-hmm. big business guy, nine hundred million dollars of apartments. Mm-hmm. This guy is one of the biggest selling. Blah blah blah. Like, mm-hmm. I get to sit there with them for eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours, yeah. and have real dialogue. You get to build real relationships. Absolutely. The only other place you could do that is like on a golf course, and even then, I don't golf though.
2: Yeah, I'm and not it's a different. Big either, yeah. I'm never,
1: you know, I don't do that. Yeah, and so like. To me poker is my my golf where i get to sit and spend time with someone mm-hmm. but there's people that are like the biggest names on the planet that i've got to just sit there and play with them for hundreds of hours mm-hmm. for, like we'll play eight hours eight hours eight hours mm-hmm. every single week for years wow and so from a networking perspective it's great that's also why i throw so many charity poker tournaments mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: i throw charity poker tournaments like you've been to at almost every one of our masterminds we throw a charity poker tournament on saturday nights with Steve Aoki we throw a charity poker event lots of times and Dan Bilzerian's house will throw charity poker events like over the years I've thrown so many charity poker events because it's a really good way to raise six figures mm-hmm. really easily without having like everyone could just pitch in five hundred bucks thousand bucks two right. grand three grand times that by a hundred you got a quarter million dollars right charity is ecstatic the players are happy everyone has a good mm-hmm. experience they get to play with a bunch of football players and basketball players and musicians and rappers like Everyone gets to have a good time, and they're not having to donate ten thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. With five hundred bucks, thousand bucks, two grand, can raise a lot of money for charity. So, poker is one of my biggest networking t- tips. I'd love
0: to uh, go ahead.
2: Were were, were you always uh, fearless? Like, when did you develop like all these skill sets? And how were you as a as a, as a kid? Were you just like always a risk taker, jumping off of? fences and shit or is it <laughs> like were you just one day like okay well i'm I'm that guy like how were you as a kid personality wise
1: so when i was in high school i worked three jobs simultaneously mm-hmm. and i lived outside like my mom we had a one bedroom so like i was outside as soon as morning came or i was out of school i would be outside until it got dark at all times for my whole life mm-hmm. that's why also why i've never been sick my wife always jokes about i've literally never been in a hospital in my life wow that's after high school and so And just being outside at all times, you just get immune to a lot of things. Anyways, and so I started my company, I was 17, and immediately we're like battling with the biggest clothing brands in the world, did a million our first year, 9.5 million when we were 19, go public when we were 23. So I just got thrown in with the wolves and dealing with a lot of crazy business stuff. Mm -hmm. And from a personal level, I had some household name NFL players, Ricky Williams and then Daryl Russell, and I watched two different situations, Ricky Williams one of the best running backs of all time, who would have broke every NFL record in history, just like he broke every college record in history. Well, after what happened with the cannabis, he lost you know, this crazy career, this amazing career that he was going to have. My other roommate, Darrell Russell, he gets into a bad situation. He gets falsely accused of something. He has got, loses his uh, situation with the Raiders and mm-hmm. the Buccaneers, et cetera, and then t- tragically dies. Just runs into a bus on Santa Monica Boulevard at 6 in the morning. And so I'm uh, losing my roommate, one, losing a roommate to watch their career fall apart due to something that's now perfectly legal which is cannabis. Mm-hmm. And then two, my dearest friend just crashed in the back of a car and, you know, this huge football player that's one of the best of all time just gone. I just, I had that feeling of like, man, life is really short. Right. And then another friend passed away. Another friend passed okay. away. Another friend passed away. Family member passed away. And so like, after 10 15 20 people start passing away and some of them that are i had to rewatch it mm-hmm. for years cuz they're well known people and then watching mm-hmm. it all over the news mm-hmm. do you ever cry i have cried yeah. uh, it's really rare i did cry okay. when that when the football player passed away when mm-hmm. Daryl passed away i cried when did you stop crying um when it starts happening a lot mm-hmm. there's less emotion to it right?
2: gotcha.
1: because Again, it's this weird thing where, like, you start to, like, feel like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I've had some people pass away that are, like, I had three business friends pass away in the last two months. Whoa.
0: Damn. Like, That's insane. You're young,
1: too. And so, like, and I didn't cry for any of those, which I wish I would have, but I, mm. don't, I don't have that for a lot of people. But, like.
2: Well, if, wait, 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 what do you mean you wish you would have, but you don't have that for a lot of people?
1: I wish I would have. I wish I still had that emotion oh gosh you. you're I desensitized that, i wish i had that button still so. yeah, however yeah. if my if my puppy passed away i would, I would cry
2: facts <laughs> gotcha. my dog I passed would. away. different attachment
1: and i and i say that not to say like i, I would like to cry for more people mm-hmm. um but it's happened so often that mm-hmm. i can think of two dozen off the top of my head that are close to me not just like this the kind of know them or like you know of them or you've met them occasionally like these are actual like friend friends or people that have. You know, travel with me, live with me, go to dinner with me, like close people that have passed away. When you start to get to a number like 20 plus, mm. it starts, again, I don't want to say numb to it, but like, it, it's No, different. that's what
2: it has. Well, that's, that's a lot. lot yeah, yeah. Become numb. Yeah.
1: And so there are situations where I am i i wish I would. And I think the only ones that I have cried over is my grandfather, um, not my grandmother, even though I'm super close to her. I like think about the fact of how how rare I cry.
0: mm yeah, I don't cry often, to be honest. Yeah. I think you kind of get numb to it. I cried a lot is, as a kid. Just I have nothing against why? crying. No, I know, it's, but... It's if just... you trigger something now, I would yeah. cry right now, and it wouldn't <laughs> feel
1: bad about yeah. crying on camera. I have nothing against crying. I think it's very healthy for people to cry. Right, right. And, again, some of my closest family and friends call me like a robot because mm-hmm. I don't have the emotions that... I, I'm aware of the emotions, but I don't really have them because yeah. I've had so many tragedies from business friends screwing me over, mm-hmm. people passing away situations that go wild like i just had so many of them happen that there's just not very many things that could make me cry outside of like you know my dogs
0: i don't think a lot of guys would admit it either
2: um no nah, because crying is something that again as, as men we all as some some people just don't cry they deal with it in different ways yeah so i'm sure you deal with your emotions in, in different ways
1: I, I think it's powerful now the last few years we've watched during championship games mm or boxing matches, etc., cetera, or UFC fights, watching, they show them crying. Mm-hmm. I think it's very powerful for pe- people to see big burly men crying. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for them to see it. There's nothing wrong with it at all, mm-hmm. not anyway, even a little bit. Yeah. It is a powerful emotion that's releasing something inside of them, whether it's a past trauma, a tragedy, or they just worked for a decade to get to that moment, mm-hmm. and then they lose the World Series of Poker and they get second. They lose Boston versus Miami. Mm-hmm. They lose game seven to blah, blah, blah. Like. They fought their whole lives to be in that moment, and then they lose. I think it's important for us to see a LeBron James or a Steph Curry or a Conor McGregor. Like seeing mm. them cry, I think is important for our society for men Absolutely. to see it, that it's perfectly okay to cry. Mm.
0: Yeah. Man, it's been a blast, Dan. What's I next? For you? over? It's been 30 minutes. Uh, oh,
1: my God,
0: <laughs> man. Damn. What's next just... for you? What are you trying to promote?
1: Um, the Money Mondays is obviously, I'm passionate mm. about that. Um, the world's largest toy drive is coming up yeah. uh, this December. I'm going to try to do 10 cities. Wow. Um, oh, you doing 10 cities yeah it's yeah. vegas right. one of them yeah i'll yeah. help out with that one yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. 10 cities because our 10 year anniversary
2: yeah you know we definitely want to be involved in that yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah podcast charity um those are the main things you know people sports cards obviously cards mm-hmm. and coffee but yeah we didn't even talk yeah. about that yeah we opened up here at the mandalay bay that's our ninth store with marshall lynch that's a fun mm-hmm. one but yeah um i'm sure i'll just come back you know this 30 minutes went by so fast yeah we'll have bro. to do a part yeah. two for
2: sure <laughs> wayne i like it um, thank you guys for watching. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at the creator. pop up around here
0: somewhere. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Digital Social Hour. I'll see you next time. Peace.